two, three. Because we're famous for this podcast. No, we weren't famous before. Now we're famous for this podcast. It's what we're famous for. Addy A, the Crossman. Wow. It's been a long time coming. Getting you on the old potty sea banger. Yeah, that's nice to hear. Thank you. Yeah. What a pleasure it is to be here. <clears throat> a lot of uh, echoes from the halls of uh, Wheeling Jesuit screaming. Zuma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from Father Joyce's room. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. One of those like things that says that a lot of people have been calling for this, but I don't really know how to say it. Like, the halls have been echoing your praises. Just some, some saying that I'm not quite able to pull but it's uh, it's nice to have you here, man. Yeah. What, what a thrill it is to be here, fellas. Thank you. <laughs> a lot of big time, uh, you know, side podcasts being made right now about <laughs> how how you're going to perform on this podcast. <laughs> That's Dude, right. The, the fuck noto group me is on fire right now. Yes. <laughs> I, I'll hit you with this, Adam. Who yeah. is the um, who do we have as the number one ranked Jesuit? priest who's number one do we think very good i'm gonna go ahead and say it's um for me in terms of just like overall qualities his name is father lou garaventa (laughs) okay now now for uh it just uh, let me just chime in from the audience perspective real quick please um what are you guys talking about (laughs) (laughs) yeah a jesuit is a, just basically a cockier Catholic, I think, is all that means. A cockier, think they're smarter than regular Catholic Catholic, is, okay. is what a Jesuit okay. is. And they have their own types of priests who all had to go to extra school to get the Jesuit title. When really Ooh, they're, okay. I think there are nothing but dirty, rotten Catholics like the rest of us, but we just think we're better because they were Jesuit. Is that how you'd call it, Adam? The extra school part. And them being better for having done that and the elite nature of that is what draws me to it. Yes. Okay. Some elitism once in a while feels good, doesn't it, folks? <laughs> and the, <laughs> and the uh, when we're talking about uh, we're, we're ranking these Jesuit priests, are these uh, just, you know, uh, worldwide or just only guys that you personally have met? I, I mean, the way I asked it was guys that we personally have met, but I think okay. there could be two rounds to this. Like, top couple... Uh, personal friend bro dogs, and then you know yeah. the famous uh, Jesuit trading card, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bishop Romero, who got arrested on purpose for being a Jesuit in the wrong area. Or no, I'm not sure of the story, but or if he's even Jesuit, or if Romero's correct, or if Bishop. If, I, I don't know if one single word from the whole thing was was it even <clears throat> sniffing up. I think a correct he got tree. murdered, right? Oh, is that what yeah. he did for the cause? Like for you know. For the cause. Cause. Yeah, Just which for was being in the church when the guy came to murder some people. This <laughs> right. wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, yeah. That's the nice news. Uh, if you have a cause under your belt, you can throw it all to the cause. You know, like he was trying to get uh, gay marriage approved in the Jesuit church. Oh yeah, he was killed trying to get gay marriage approved, but really just fell off a cliff. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. The narrative changing death people. There we go. <laughs> all right sorry now now i think the audience is squarely caught up and uh get right right back into your question please yeah who do you so you, father ventura adam 
Lou Garaventa. Garaventa. And this guy was a history teacher at uh, at Canisius High. Okay. And what makes him unbelievable was that, I mean, he had teeth that were the most stained up teeth from tobacco and lips from smoking cigars, not even cigarettes, <laughs> that I've ever seen on a human being. They were tan, like a, a real Caucasian looking tan lipper. <laughs> a little long in the tooth. And, yeah. <laughs> and he used to call me Dr. No. Oh, that's Which great. he must have like associated that. with something like Nodo from whatever. I haven't even seen one episode of Star Trek to know. Is that Star Trek, by the way? Uh, Star Trek? That I don't know. I, I wouldn't know Star Trek or The Wars. Either of the stars, I'm out. Dr. No is a famous feature or a famous, you know, like character okay. from something. So we have to, we'll get the uh, reference there. Okay. Yeah, we'll uh, call in if you know that. But yeah, Dr. No and like move his finger when he wanted me to like move out of his way. Dr. And no. Just Dr. Like he no, called that's... wheeling pencil tucky and just. You're going there, you know. Pencil Tucky, and just like funny, funny guy, funny guy. Nice. Mm. Was he a full-on Jesuit? He gives me the uh, he gives me the vibe of a what you know those like scholastics who were just got yeah. to wear the Jesuit priest outfit, all the clout of yep. a Jesuit, but they're just like cooler, younger, and uh, weren't Je full-on Jesuits yet. What were, who were they? I mean, the Scholastics, I I, I know who they are. The but. Scholastics are on their way to being full-time Jesuits. They had brothers. Like when oh, I went on a vocations weekend to th explore being a priest, I stayed at the Jesuit residence there uh, at Fordham. Okay. And they had brother so-and-so just like living in this sick, you know, Jesuit housing in the middle of the city. Yeah. And he wasn't a real Jesuit, but he like made the meals and like did some you know, bookkeeping for like the house. <laughs> I was like, what a sick life it was. Yeah. The brothers were an interesting one. Like also, but they were like the old scholastics, basically like, I'm just going to be a full-time part-time Jesuit. Like I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to not be the full on thing, but I'm still, I can't say mass. Like what, what, or something maybe, but full-time part-timer. That's nice yeah. <laughs> I think, and I, which brings me to, I think my number one would have to go to brother Paul Cawthorn. Okay. Yes. He was like a history tutor and he would curse, which when you're like 15 or whatever, you're like, this is yeah. awesome. Like, it's like, oh yeah. Like wouldn't even open a book. He'd be like, what are you learning? I'd be like, uh, about whoever. I don't know. Like, oh yeah. The fucking Visigoths showed up and fucking knocked down the front door and kicked all their asses. He's <laughs> 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 just like, that was his like helping in history. Like he didn't know what was going to be on the test, but just like, what era are you doing? Okay. I'm not opening any books. The fucking Visigoths. <laughs> <laughs> Notes, did you know that guy? I'm trying to get some frame of reference to like see how he compares to Lou Garibaldi or <laughs> oh, No, God. this was a Loyola High School guy. Cawthorn? Paul Cawthorn, yep. Eighty six, I think, this year. Nice guy. Still like runs five Ks. <laughs> how do you have that down, Peter? You know how old he is? Yeah, Facebook friend. So I saw his birthday recently. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, Brother Paul, one of the greatest. Good. Ah, so notes, as a, as a non-social media user, mm -hmm. do you think if you were on there, would you be friends with a bunch of priests? <laughs> yeah, I suspect that I would be, actually. Yep. I bet, yeah, like, okay. my teachers who I would, like, still see as, like, 
priests around masses that were nothing to do with school, but also my colleagues at Cristo Rey were a bunch of Jesuits that I'm sure I'd be oh, Facebook yeah. friends with. Mm. I gotcha. Mm. Gotcha, gotcha. Who was the good bro there? Oh, Father... Uh, well, Father Matamor. Father Matamor, right. But then yep. there was a scholastic Vinny Marchione who I went to a Bills-Eagles game with. Um, <laughs> Lou you know, Garibaldi, like, son. That's the thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Lou Garibaldi and Vinny Marchione are two <laughs> unbelievable names. <laughs> the Mark now man. The, uh, to, to, uh, this maybe will steam some of our uh, priest listeners here, but like... Uh, <laughs> What, where do the how do the Jesuits stack up against you know the Christian brothers and the uh, who are the other bros Franciscans uh, out there Franciscan, the Franciscan friars yeah yeah how, how do they uh, I mean I know they're gonna look down upon those, <laughs> those guys but uh, do they have a leg to stand on or yeah I think they have several legs to stand on but what's attractive is getting to look down upon them <laughs> <laughs> yeah and not even having to know why yeah, exactly <laughs> no good reason. <laughs> yeah, we have better educations, fellas. I think that's all the Jesuits are ever saying to anybody. Right. <laughs> our, our houses are nicer. Yeah, yeah. wow. The, our, our Jesuit living quarters are, are souped up, aren't they, huh, guys? Yeah. Good Lord. Some of the properties that I've been to, whether they be retreat houses or vacation homes for priests, you're like, what is this? How is this possible? Yeah. That's nice. O'Brien's all time. Oh, my God. Yeah, Peter. Yeah. And just like that he touched so many generations, but was able to kind of like keep a foot in with all those people. Like we saw him in Baltimore whenever that was. And he was talking yep. to like people who graduated 60 years ago and like five years ago. It's a, it's a wonderful <laughs> thing, you know, being kept together with such a good community. People you love and people you know and those who came before and those who will come again. <laughs> And those who certainly are still there, you know, and really <laughs> part of it still will always be uh, world without end. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> if God's love is <laughs> the Jesuits, you know, to throw in some education for for uh, other folks out there too. The Jesuits were started by by uh, which one of these guys? Lou Garibaldi. <laughs> yeah. yeah. St. Ignatius Loyola. Yeah. Okay. Iggy. St. Ignatius Loyola. Spaniard, who had a, uh, you know, was a living a life of raping and pillaging. Oh, and, uh, wow. And had an awakening uh, through the spiritual exercises, which were his writings about. He got wounded in battle and, you know, in the fever of the wound, found Ooh. Lord, repented, which kind of seems like not all that pure if you want to think about it like, it took me to get to near my deathbed to be like, okay, I'll change. Yeah. Right. I think you go back in time and cancel them and name the name of religion something else. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Not well, that they Jesuit like. Jesuit doesn't have anything to do with that. Yeah. His name yeah. It should have been Jesuig. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesuig. <laughs> uh, Jesuit Ignatius. So wasn't he stuffed up into some cave for a while, right? And then like he was silent for two years yeah, he, and trying to think of the yep. word jesuit <laughs> he right. did all that tough and the spiritual okay. exercises in the silence are retreats i'm sure actually your dad or jerry bittner or pat muth did like a retreat on the spiritual exercises somewhere along lines we did a men's retreat years ago on them yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh my my dad would have no shot at doing anything like that uh yeah okay. just 
two seconds in, he starts asking people trivia questions, I think. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Who was St. Ignatius's uh, sidekick? <laughs> <laughs> the assignment is just be silent for six minutes and think about yeah. something. <laughs> in. Uh-huh. Who was number six on the 1950? <laughs> <laughs> Who was the number eight Jesuit on the 49U San Francisco <laughs> National Championship team? Who's the rector? <laughs> USF, the Dons. Yeah. Oh, and that's Another maybe why, maybe that's why the Dons is okay. Because you think, all right, you got yourself a mascot that is a, uh, a Spanish gentleman. And you say, right. this is a bunch of uh, white kids at this school. Spanish gentlemen, we're not so sure, but it's it's Saint Iggy. It's it's honor to the man Ig himself, I guess, and you're good to go. Mm. Also, it's kind of like a conquistador guy too, who were were, were the yeah. guys out there who were you know raping and pillaging and uh, oh. you know imper- imperialism and all that terrible right. stuff. So mm-hmm. it's probably going to get changed, I would guess. Oh yeah, the nods just you know when you try to keep it close. Now that's no good. And you think like. Columbus and these conquistador fellas and all these other imperialist guys back then were thought of as patriotic, like heroes, like the exploration was for the good of their society. Right. And now they're the most disdained folks around (laughs) and you can't blame some of this disdain. On the other hand, you have to think like what in the world were the, like they didn't know any better. So now they're being held against, like those things are being held against him for lack of knowledge. Let's cut this from the <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm with you. Yeah, I think Columbus no. <laughs> but no, yeah, no, I'm not that. arguing I agree for with Columbus, but you know. I, I know. agree with everything you just said. Yeah, it's uh I mean uh it luckily, you know, they're all dead, so yeah. we can shit yeah. on them all we want and <laughs> yeah. it's fine. Uh but yeah, they didn't know any better and and they, we, we're going to be in the same boat. We are blowing it on six levels we don't even know about right now. Agreed, so, yep. Sorry, uh, folks out there in the future. <laughs> when you're listening to this, this is going to be somebody's mass in 2098. <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> this is going to be taught in some class about what, <laughs> what was so wrong about people in the 2020s. <laughs> It's what we're famous for. Noto, you, I'll, I'll take us on a different turn here, but you have all the makings of a boat owner. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. I think in a lot of ways, yeah. Uh, can you see yourself uh, taking it the rest of the way, or are you going to get stopped somewhere along the way? Yeah. Here's the thing, Tup. I'd love to own a boat and to like wake up at seven fifteen and do a lap of like from Canton through Fells to the Inner Harbor, like dock it away is good. But why would I want to pay, you know, twenty grand a year plus to like dock my boat down by Tindeco Wharf there where you used to live and have it be toilet water it's floating in? I can't, <laughs> I can't okay. see any. Uh, how how does it how is it going to work for me? Oh man, are they driving boats in the sewage? Yes, there are all kinds of boats in the sewage. Oh, man. Yeah, that should be like a really cheap place to dock. Like, just right. put your boat on top of the shit. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, it's half price. It's just so people are are comfortable out there doing that then, I guess. There's just not nowhere less sewagey to do it. So you just go have to work with what you got. And it's not sewage. And, you know, this year they said the bay is, you know, closer to being swimmable than it is 
not the bay, the inner harbor, closer to being swimmable than it has been the last, you know, whatever number of amount of years. But the point is, it's not an area that other than being on the boat, you'd ever want to hang out. Like close to the shore is like, you know, 500 feet of like styrofoam cups that form its own like little beach. You know? Hard it's land just, on top of the water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's just a funny, like, oh, this is the nicest area to keep your boat. This is garbage is floating around your boat. Where right, are right, they right, with no like, problem. where are they with like chlorine for that kind of water? You know? Yeah. Chlorine to get rid of all those cups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just the net that says chlorine on it. Or like, shouldn't a city who like really wants to be known for its waterfront and water, bay, harbor, whatever, and I think that is, I can safely say that amongst two Baltimoreans here, why don't you spend more time like paying a guy to get in there every morning and clean the cups up? Just at, Just start there. You know, don't do another thing, but get the cups out of the water. <laughs> Pay a guy to go swimming and normalize the swimming, so that way other people <laughs> will catch on. <laughs> Just pay swimmers. They all die, but they're like, oh, well, it was as good a job as I could get in that situation I was at. So, like, yeah. nobody from the public actually swims. They just pay people to swim. So, like, oh, yeah, swimming happens here. But and then they, like, yeah, they, they just keep paying people to go in and weekend at Bernie's them back. To like, yeah. nope, these aren't dead people. <laughs> just pay. So, your idea is pay a guy to go in there, swim around, swim among the cups, and just, like, huck the, huck the cups up to a different guy who stands up there, and then he goes and throws them in the trash can. Yeah, so. maybe they do it to, like, a song and, like, choreograph it. Like, the one by one cup, guys. You know, put a little act to it, ah, and then people like start a, doing like copy off acts. Before you know it, you've tricked everybody into cleaning something up. Mister Mike was able to bring back Styro Chi from the number of cups the guy brought out of the harbor. Honest to God, it would be <laughs> <unbelievable>. <laughs> okay. all right. So let's say uh, styrofoam cups aside, though. Yep. Do you see yourself going full full uh, Bodo? Uh, Adam Bodo. Yeah. It's yeah, if point. I had a house, if I get a house in the Finger Lakes or get a house in like a vacation capacity, I see myself being a boat owner. Absolutely. You know, you swim on them, you fish from them, you take the barbecue on them. You just have a great time with these things. <laughs> right. <laughs> You've seen these boats out there. People love these things. Uh, I don't even really see how the, the styrofoam cups get in the way of the fun. You just shove them all around with the boat, right? They're not like yeah. jumping up and biting you. Who cares? <laughs> the thing is, if you're going to have a boat, you got to maintain it. And if it's in dirty water and there's debris can get inside the blower or the manifold, <laughs> you got a okay, real yeah. problem on your hands. So the boat is worthless because you have to worry about not driving over the cups all the time. I got you. You get the boat half price too, though. It's going to be in shit water. You need to knock something off this price. You can't have a blower full of cups. (laughs) Right. Um, I got you. But what, yeah, Tough, what uh, qualities led you to that, which was so spot on? What do you see in me as a boat owner? I think you got the look. Uh, You you wear shades really well. You, Mm -hmm. uh, you're always like have you walk around with a uh, complete seem like undeserved sense of just uh, calm about your yourself and how you carry yourself like you're just very confident like like a boat owner is you know you walk you move about you move about the world with the confidence of a man who already owns a boat and can sail away from the conversation he's having at any moment if mm-hmm. if it goes in a way he doesn't like. 
Yeah, which what's is most the, of the, uh, time. the koozie. The koo- you're you're a koozie man through and through too, Adam, which and really makes you very picturable on a boat. Floating croquis and koozie men was what I thought was going to come up. Honestly, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was just getting started. There's a lot more, I think. And the way uh, <laughs> after you take a sip of the beer while holding the koozie, you lean into conversation very nicely, which also is very boat esque. You know, yes. You know, you you put your head forward at just the right times, and you, like, if you're not talking about boats, people know that you know it's coming, or this guy probably has a boat. Yeah. And I think you would take like good care to make sure like you would be focused on the boat while you're while you're driving it and you would mm-hmm. love driving the boat and then like turning when you, you when you have a moment to to not have focus and making a funny comment or something. Yeah, it's I sorta don't even like the fact that you don't have a boat. <laughs> it's it's kinda really Peter, pissing me off. Peter cleaning my boat every Saturday has taken the place of laundry. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's yeah. true, yeah. Uh, like I desire to be a person who opens up a drawer on his boat and there's like several pair of like playful sunglasses with all kind of different colors, like the arms, like neon green yes. or like purple for the Ravens. And like, oh, yeah, you're guests on the boat. Anyone take a pair of sunglasses if you need them. Oh, like, I, I want to really do nice. that. Yeah. A sunglass drawer. I think yeah. you you driving a boat and uh i would i would very much like to you know break my leg wakeboarding behind that boat uh mm-hmm. in it through a series of styrofoam cups i think that's i can't picture anything <laughs> that i would want to do more oh. yeah I, now that's something to visualize top of it make sure we get that done before it's all said and done speaking yep. of the artistic piece of cleaning up the harbor what if mm-hmm. once adam gets his boat yeah you guys schedule this like this guy who sweeps by and he's in like he's like a recycling uh, hero or something. Like, and he's while on that thing, grabs up all those cups, like, and in some like artistic display. Like, there yeah. he is. There's the guy who comes and cleans up on the, you know, and then you guys just, the rope's way too long and Tups goes flying into the crowd in the harbor. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I think yeah, it like starts an acrobatic nice cleanup guy. That's uh-huh. good. Tup is wakeboarding by the guy's kinetic sculpture, which is made of. Uh, all styrofoam cups (laughs) yeah or yeah have an art contest with all those cups in the harbor it has to be harbor cups and they'll go around and test the uh ph balance to see if they're really from the harbor right Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Mm. they will will they okay all right glad we got it settled Yeah, yeah future future boatman i don't know if there's anything i can do to help make it happen just uh let me know yeah just keep texting you about it or whatever right yep just having this sort of uh you know thing that we now need to fulfill will serve as motivation without question yeah something to look forward to is apparently something one of the maslow's hierarchy of needs which has been a friend of the podcast is that on there tough something to look forward to this week someone said maslow's hierarchy of needs to me has that ever happened to you twice in a week on that that's something i feel like i haven't heard before this week in 20 years maslow and the hierarchy I've heard it. You a know who I bet ago. it happens to all the time. Who is uh, Maslow? <laughs> <laughs> I bet he's done hearing about it. To be honest with but you, you know who's not hearing about it? Hierarchy. <laughs> Ezra. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the needs themselves. Um. <laughs> no, yeah. What, what term? It? We just made a turn there. What was it again? We all yeah, turned on each other. Uh, <laughs> we all turned <laughs> on each other. <laughs> I was going to say something about dare 
being the opposite of a good uh, boat owner. Dare would accidentally run into the in the ground. I think, yeah, once, <laughs> just once, and it wouldn't be too bad. He'd only like injure somebody. He wouldn't kill anybody. He's probably going to own a boat sooner than I am because he really wants to and talks about doing it all the time. But Dare is the kind of guy that would go out and do something very unsafe, it seems like, on a boat. Like, <laughs> do, like, have, like, 100 or 200 people on a boat and, like, have, like, an accident. Right. And, like, do yeah. the equivalent of just turning the music up really loudly with the <laughs> exactly. gas pedal of the boat. <laughs> and that's not to say I think Dare is reckless because we all know that Dare is very reserved. But it just seems like when Dare talks about getting a boat, it's usually with, like, you know, the idea of, should we go do this out on a boat? Whatever this is. Right. It never really seems very safe. Right. The idea so, he's proposing ahead of time is is the worrisome part. Oh, boat itself. Great. Good call. If Get Dare go comes the on the podcast, feel free to open this up with him and see what he has to say about my potential boat owning and see if we... Dare, what do you think about Noto owning a boat? Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, it'd be good. All right, thank you for joining us on the podcast, Dare. <laughs> yeah. Adam, tell me about being a lefty basketball player but righty golfer. And is close to ambidexterity uh, like one of those, oh, ambidextrous means you're a genius or anything? Um, I can barely use my right hand for anything anymore if you really want to know the truth. My lack of... Uh, Motor skills or exercise in general is just scary, the rapid uh, decline I've had with my fine motor skills. So let's say that I'm nowhere near ambidextrous at anything. But I remember one time the lefty basketball thing paid off for me. And it paid off. You know, I, I kid myself about being a serious basketball player for about 15 years. The one Gus Macker tournament. Exactly. <laughs> one time at St. Leo the Great, I hit a game-winning shot for the Mount St. Joseph Academy B team, and it was a left-handed hook from the foul line. We won the game 20 to 19. We had five players, okay, and oh, we're maybe man. like, you know, 13, 12, 13 years old. Yeah. And it didn't matter at all. But I remember seeing Tom Sheedy. Tom Sheedy's the guy who's Basement, I took a shit in a paint can. Uh, I mean, I used to see this guy all the time. <laughs> Out of way, Tom. <laughs> and he would say, remember the killer bees and your game-winning shot. I mean, this went on from the time I was, you know, 12 to like 31. <laughs> oh, that's that's really special and awesome. And I don't so care how old you when are. I think of left-hand uh, basketball, yeah. That one game winner that meant so much to that team was really all I ever wanted, and that was it. I did it. <clears throat> lefty, loosey, righty, tighty. Yes, yeah. sir. <laughs> paint, paint can wise, uh, real quick. Was yeah. the uh, was there paint in the can? Yeah, like we were painting the basement floor, and uh, you know, like it was one of those things where they were away for you know, either at their house in Canada for, you know, X amount of weeks or away on a vacation. And, you know, it wasn't like I was house sitting, so I didn't have access to their home, but I had like a key okay. that opened the basement back door where he was like, I'm going to be gone. Like, 
make sure this floor gets painted and we'll give make you this sure amount you of money. Paint can. Yeah. So like I'm work I'm like working like around the corner from my house and I eat like a you know, like not around the corner, but like, you know, close enough, but not that close. And I had like a you know, I had lunch that I was like, okay, I gotta really, really do something with here. And like it wasn't like I could run home safely. I had no access to the sheeties. So I just sat right down in the paint can, did hilarious thing and matt McHugh was in the room while it was occurring and you know he can verify it uh but yeah it was one of those things where i'll never forget that paint job simply because of that yeah so but i mean like did you first go through i don't want to you know we don't have to get into too much detail here but i'd like to hear every single detail about this did i <laughs> did you uh like first check for the the most empty of the paint cans and then, oh yeah and then go sorry okay it was so like went, a paint can that was like you know i had like some garbage around so i had like some empty paint cans from what i had poured into the pan okay. to like roll and like you know so like maybe i took one out of a garbage can or there was just like one or two empties because i had the stuff poured into a pan to roll and these okay, are single gotcha. gallons yeah these were single gallons so i, single I gallons. sat on that peter imagine how right. thin and flexible i would have been like compared to yeah. now i could, couldn't even get near a paint can you right. put weight on it? You yeah, sat, like I sat it, on it. <laughs> wow. That sounds painful to it have sure sat was. on it. It wasn't a, a very comfortable one. The the edges were real tough on the uh, you know, the posterior there. It probably left like a protractor mark around your ass. I'm <laughs> sure like, that it did. <laughs> yep, I don't recall, yeah. but I'm sure there was an indentation. Because it's yeah. not flat, as you know, Peter. Right. Yep. I was gonna say yeah, there's a ridge there. And yeah. then did you did did you rubber hammer bang bang on the lid after? Absolutely. And then that was the thing that McHugh was just devastated by. Was <laughs> that like I was handling it after the fact. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just mix it up with the paint and leave that for the touch-up paint. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Just they go to touch it up. I had gotten myself into several paint jobs for people that now that I look back. They must have come home and been like, dear Lord, what happened here? Dear Lord, my touch-up paint is covered in shit. Yeah. <laughs> what we're famous for. Ah. Okay. Uh, the Crossman Nodo, still with us. Thank you, Adam. Um, a big part of your life uh, has been the slack-slinging Riverside Men's Shop you learn from the best. A lot going on in pants uh, these days. You like where it's headed? What do you see? Well, I think that we had a little bit of a, uh, a a dark period, the dark ages of pants, when we had you know the plus size gentlemen still opting for the painted on look. You know, I'm more huh. of a guy who likes a full fuller leg, a little bit of swoosh to him. You know, be able to do some dance moves, grind a little leg movements. Um, I have a voracious walking uh, stance, so like I like to get after it walking wise. So I like a pant that supports all that sort of uh, motion. Gotcha. But uh, we've come through the the painted on look. Um, you know, not not as well as I would have hoped. I saw some <laughs> some of my friends, uh, dear loved ones, uh, go with the painted on look, uh, and you know, just just be real devastated for what they must have been thinking they looked like. <laughs> but i think the pants are always going to be you know something that i have a great interest in 
Okay. I think so too. That's why I wanted to get you going about it. Tell me, I, I think this might go with the painted on look too. The higher pants with the no socks. Is that is that part of this painted on thing you're, or just another chapter of it maybe? When I was a sophomore in high school, my entire life's dream was to be able to wear a pair of pants that didn't touch my shoes, loafers with no socks. At, huh. at 14 years old, I thought that's the, the way I was going to look till I was 40. <laughs> um, so I've been there. The problem that you have now is, again, the pants are so form-fitting. When I see like Andy Bernard's pants, when he says, I lost a penny out of my lo- loafer Oscars, the thing I remember most about the way he looked was the cut of his pants. They were hmm. suit panty khakis with not the length that you'd think would be suit pants, but also like the perfect length for penny loafers. Okay. So you want the loafer, you want a little space. You want a high water. Yeah, you know, I think you want to be able to just see a little bit. the loafer completely. Yep. Okay. So what do you look for? What's a shoe that you don't you want some coverage over? Bucks. Um, you know, like chukas, so like wallabies or those Tims that I wear that are like, like dressy boot type things. Oh, Nothing yeah. like C. Preezy would wear those horrible, like just, just God forsaken boots that look like, you know, like real, like we actually, we sent the picture last year, you know, uh, you have, I have my whole diatribe on boots. Can't go into right. this podcast. Oh but. yes. Right. The, uh, the new age pointy boot jean yeah. stuffed into it look exactly good <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah bad. but yeah so um uh, all of that i think is you know ho- stay away from pants wise i but, wonder yeah. if there was any comedy involved in the pointy shoe starter like this is hilarious like i could see some funny guy just taking that upon like just being careless and wearing really funny pointy shoes like a ryan king type guy just Wearing pointy shoes, thought it was funny, and then it accidentally went nuts for for real fashion. Yeah, I mean, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I think a lot of fashion probably starts out as a joke, just like a lot of things do. You know, a lot of cultural things just start out as a complete joke, and then everybody forgets that it was a joke to begin with. Right. That's what bro was for me. I say it as seriously as the day I was born, but I started saying it sarcastically 10 years ago. And now I say it as dead seriously with all the conviction of a Catholic in heat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, no, t- what is the what's the allure of a swoosh on the pants? I think that's that sounds like the least desirable quality. I, and I I uh, fall on the mercy of the pants court. I think uh, even just me bringing up anything. Uh, I'm probably putting myself out there to get picked apart by you, but uh, why, why would you want to have a swoosh uh, get going on from your pants? For the same reason you want a vest that knifes up. These qualities of clothes that you have, it's not just the style, it's the functionality, it's the potential they have for carrying you through your day uh, in a way that's elevated. So you want your vest to knife and you want your pants to swirl and swoosh and blow in the wind <laughs> or in your stride in a way that aerates your balls, it tickles your ankles, and make sure that the you know the, the seat isn't too tight. I mean, it's a glorious experience wearing these pants. You feel like I've got a fan or a breeze blowing on the 
bottom two thirds of my body, and it's a great feeling. That's what I want out of pants. Okay, yeah. but does that does that require a sound? I just don't want my pants making a sound. No, I mean like this this, this the Costanza whoosh episode. Obviously, you don't want that. But if the material okay, is you know luxurious linen or a beautiful stretch, then yeah, sometimes you want to hear it because you're like reminded of the quality of the material based on the sound it makes or the friction it makes or doesn't make. Okay, so it gives you kind of a constant uh, reassurance that, yes, hey, these are high-quality pants you're wearing, my friend. Exactly, Tom. Exactly. That's a big part of it, honestly, for me. Okay. Let me ask, uh, trend-wise, real quick, Mm -hmm. uh, there's a – I know you focus on on men's uh, slacks and legwear. Um, On the – on the uh, female style side of things, uh, there's a high waisted style that's that is. I don't know if it's still all the rage, but for a while there was the very high waist. And it, when you when you take a look back in time, there there was a time when men actually had a very high waist uh, to their to their slacks. Do you hmm. see that coming back at all? Was do you see uh, do you see us headed in in any kind of hey let's let's strap those those slacks up right over the belly ward cleaver <laughs> from leave it to beaver uh wears his suit pants so high even when he's relaxing same with joseph el noto like these guys are wearing suit pants on the couch that are <laughs> two to three inches from their breastbone and you're right. saying to yourself what are you doing is that some sort of you're saying I would never have my pants at this level because it indicates some sort of sloppiness or socioeconomic downgrade, or is it really <laughs> a style thing? Or what is it that they're doing with the high pants? Frankly, I don't see it coming back from a comfort perspective. Everyone wants to be comfortable nowadays. You know how I feel is the most important thing on earth. So you know, <laughs> I don't see the high waist coming back strictly for that reason, but. Okay. You know, fashion is cyclical, like you indicated. The first girl I ever remember looking hot in anything high waisted was Jenny from Forrest Gump. Oh. oh, yes. That's a nice. Uh, that's nice. Yeah, I can relate to the uh, loose wanting the pants to have a lot of movement. Because um, you know, you throw all your pants in the laundry, drop them off, and then you go with an old pair of pants, like at your standbys for when there's laundry, and Big extra pair lying around. I I was never so comfortable. Warm today. Two sizes yeah, the, too big. Great. The pants you wore to Dara's wedding said everything we've already said about pants to me in the first one second I saw you. Which I is was just like this guy's got a comfortable, well worn, perfect length pant that was dressy yet casual, <laughs> comfortable yet formal. Uh, I was like, you know, not only has Peter been able to up his style game but now he's got <laughs> pants that look like he was born in them oh that's so nice man i i graduated up to dockers recently yes <laughs> you did mention that and we, remember we, we talked about whether dockers where dockers fell in the brand rainbow right and what did we say they're more dad than i thought i thought i was kind of going for a boat guy myself but i was just yeah, dad like, i was really doing all along huh the name Right. Right. So, the name we were going against, maybe you get in there with where you feel about these is, right? Haggers, right, Peter? Hagar, I had it as, but yeah. Hagar. That's what we said. Hagar slash. Hagar the horrible. (laughs) Hagar the horrible, yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. 
I was just picturing and laughing to myself, thinking about you tearing up, seeing how far uh, Pete had come with the slacks, <laughs> and every, everybody assuming it was about the wedding or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, because that's amazing that you, because like you're not faking this. Like no. you're you're no. actually you are laser folk. Like what about everybody else's? I, I I can't have you go in on the groom, but any other standout slack wears from from the most recent wedding? Uh, the, the 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 crew uh, gathered at Dare's wedding were pretty run-of-the-mill slack-wise. But what you have to take a look at is C. Preezy. C. Preezy came to a wedding in which he did not intend to go inside, maybe stay an hour, in a full suit that he changed into just for that occasion, and it couldn't have been more uncomfortable looking. I mean, the Mm. thing was sewn to his body. And I know that's his style. I know he's got the body for it. Good for him. But I said to myself, it's 10 o'clock. You, you can't be opting for this level of comfort at this point in the day. I just don't know what your thought process was, bro. Man. Yeah. Um, I, go, I go tighter on the suit than, uh, than you know. I, I, some, somehow it's more comfortable to me, I feel like. I don't let loose-fitting stuff throw it in the trash. I don't like the way it feels. <laughs> I do know this about you. I've appreciated your, you know, looking at the other side here in this conversation. But yeah, I think you're sorely mistaken, man. Adam, <laughs> could we look at um could we look at the and revisit for just a moment to make sure that the width of the leg wasn't too baggy? I got a baggy leg comment recently. I'm comparing it to the way they looked on the Crocs boat shoes, which I gave a good hard look at after the sock swap. And I yeah, said to myself, great man, the length of these pants and those shoes couldn't be more perfect for one another. Oh, lovely. Yeah, that's great to know. You love to see it, don't you, folks? No, but <laughs> I, am, I am into that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm nowhere near the, the pantsman that you are. But I mean, I do like finding something that works and then just sticking with it until something gets in my way. I think you that's know? what I learned from you. Right. Just, oh, Croc boat shoes, order 20 pair. Dockers, great. Get those for the rest of my life. I used to order a lot of different types of pants. Now I still have a lot of pants, but they're all the same model. Or maybe like I have the same khakis and the same dress pants and the same sweatpants. So they're not all the same brand in that way. But like when I find one pant that works in the area in which I'm Mm -hmm. working, that I just go with that from now on. That's the the way I'm trending. Exactly. Does uh, does does Trump's uh, outfit for you? And you know, you hate to talk about anything like this, but uh, try to. I'm trying to get a sense of where where the line is between like baggy and what I I think looks you know stupid and horrible. Like, is the is the way Trump wears a suit and and his pants? Is, are we in the realm of the comfortable there? Trump is that has, acceptable? Trump has tremendous pants length. I admire it. <laughs> he wears a jacket okay. and tie and shirt like an animal. Shirt collar uh, too tight, uh, jacket too shouldery and long in the back, tie obviously way too long. But I said to myself when they were doing that video of Trump dancing recently, if he were wearing a pair of loafers, this guy would actually have some style. <laughs> 
<laughs> just the way he was so. moving. Loafers on those dance moves turn it around 20 to 30% for the better. Man, I can't believe it. I See, I'm, you know, I don't have the eye for it. I would have never focused in on the pants maybe because the everything up top is so obviously wrong, yep. I think. But but the pants you're saying are they're right in this sweet spot. Absolutely. Pants length and the way that like he's kind of like a taller guy. And if you notice the difference between pleated pants and unpleated pants come from the waist to the top of the knee. If that area looks like a flow there, you know, like you can say, like, wow, I could run a snowboard or or <laughs> beach board down the area between the waist and top of the knee. Then you obviously know you got something going there, and Trump is wide open in that area. Wow. Hmm. I see. And the Fouch man, you say, is no good, also. Fouch man. No, I think Fauci wears a hell of a suit. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> Fouch man. There you go. Um, how did they? One more thing about fashion. Sorry. Um, how for the big men out there? How do you get uh, your neck size to line up with the rest of the shirt? You know, you got to get some smaller necks on these big shirts. Yeah. The, the the thing, Peter, when you get to a certain point with a haberdashery is having custom-made shirts. Now, the shirt uh, I was wearing at Dare's wedding was a custom-made. And why? Because I need a long-tailed shirt to cover over my belly and stay tucked in through every dance move I'm going to do. But I need short <laughs> arms. And I need thicker neck than you can get off the rack with the length of the stomach you need. So, you know, I go up to O'Connell's. I get a couple shirts a year made up for me. And it really has said, like, you know, you don't have to worry about dress shirts anymore. These shirts are going to fit you fine no matter what you wear. And that's honestly like a load off to me. That's well worth the money. Yeah. Anything like that where it's just like, oh, yes, you always look really good in a suit. And that's well worth every penny of not having to worry about that. Nice, nice, yep. nicely done. Do we get you notes? A uh, noto, you know, personal fashion. Do we make an app where people can uh, basically FaceTime with you and Ooh. have you give them real time fashion advice? You pay yeah, a I mean, dollar. It's sort of like cameo or something. Like you pay yeah. a dollar to get on the horn with you, and you just give them the quick thirty second. Uh, rundown on what they're doing wrong fashion wise yeah except for like i said earlier most of what's what's cutting edge fashion right now is stuff i don't even look at whether that be my size or i just don't like you know where they're going but if people who have an open mind would like to get a quick 30 second rating with the idea that it could be hilarious instead of insightful (laughs) right yeah i would be happy to sign up for it Okay. Just tell everybody to put hoodies and khakis on. That's what I would exactly. do. Yeah. But like, you know, the pair of khakis that I have, like I know in my mind, I remember very clearly the, the best pair of pants I've ever owned in my life. And I say to myself, why did I let whatever financial constraints I had on me at the time get in the way of a lifelong happiness? Like that's a serious mm. regret I have. What because were the pants are gone. They were polo. linen, 50% some other natural fiber, not like, you know, polyester or rayon or anything. And they flowed like uh, being standing underneath a waterfall, but having the water be like just cold enough to be refreshing 
and warm enough to feel like you're in luxury. And that's Any the break-in process? No break-in process. Wow. Out of the box, best pants I've ever owned on day one. And I knew it at the time. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to I'm gonna get him. I'm going to get him. And then it just never did. Hmm. The one that got away. Yeah. Yep. And we've reached a theme of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> never take off any pants you ever put on. For never, never for any reason. Yeah. Because then they'll just keep, they'll grow with you if you just leave them on your whole life. And I got laughed out of the building when I did that. When I went on a retreat with... Uh, Regular boxers. My mom sent me with boxer briefs for the rest of the trip. I washed the boxers on my body the whole time because I didn't end up liking the boxer briefs. And they just grew with me and became part of my body for those 10 days. And I think we could use a lot more of that. Two themes <laughs> so quickly. I hate to do it to you, but. Yeah. Adam, well, thanks so much for yeah. being on the podcast, man. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Yes. Yep, uh, thanks, we're going to come back. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll have an update on the FaceTime with Noto fashion wise. Maybe he can put out some hours, figure out an app, tuple build the app. I'll, uh, I'll clean the floors in the office. We end up buying to make it all and it'll be a great product. Or if the app thing doesn't work out, you know, start a podcast, Noto, and people come on the podcast and they tell you, they just describe to you what they're wearing, and then you can you can give them the analysis that way. You know? Like an old go. school radio program where they call in, you know, like and tell them their problems. Uh, yeah, but one yeah. thing, make sure that we get when Dare, if Dare gets on this, we pick up the boat behavior. I'd like to hear Dare's yes. response to that. To your boat behavior Definitely. and his own, I think. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yep. All things and the accusations that I made about him here on this podcast. <laughs> yes, Adam Bodo. <laughs> it's what we're famous.